Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My reluctant and hopefully not entirely silent guest is my mother Brenda. Hello everyone. New Zealand is back in lockdown so I do not have access to the excellent Shan at the moment. Today we're talking about Chapter 5 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In Chapter 5, the Crawfords meet the Bertrams. The Crawfords have several conversations on marriage with Mrs. Grant. And then Miss Crawford has a conversation with the Mr. Bertrams about whether or not Fanny is out. Mum got a bit confused going along trying to figure out who everybody is. Because actually, there's quite a cast going on here. There are four Bertram children, two girls, two boys. Sometimes they're referred to by their first name. Sometimes they're referred to as Miss Bertram or Mr. Bertram. So the eldest is usually referred to as, so Tom is Mr. Bertram, but his family will call him Tom. Edmund is technically Mr. Edmund Bertram, but he will probably often be called Mr. Edmund. Mariah, as the eldest, is Miss Bertram. And Julia would be Miss Julia Bertram or Miss Julia. Though you do notice that Mr. Crawford and Mrs. Grant are actually just referring to her as Julia and dropping the Miss. Fanny, of course, is Miss Price. That makes it much clearer to me as well. Okay. So at this point, it mentions quite clearly that Fanny is 18. So therefore we know Julia is 20 because she's two years older than Fanny. And it's already been mentioned that Mariah is 21. The Crawfords and the Bertrands meet each other. They're referred to as the young people. Though in our way of looking at things, we probably wouldn't call them young because they're late teens, early 20s, all of them. They're going to be good friends, basically. It says, as early in intimacy as good manners would warrant. So they're not going to rush into anything because that wouldn't be polite, but they're going to be great friends. We don't actually know how old Mary Crawford is. She was most allowably a sweet, pretty girl, while the Bertrams refer to themselves as the finest young woman in the country. She talks about Fanny and talks about girls coming out at 18 or 19, so she's probably older than that. Her brother is, I think, 23 because he's been in possession of his estate for, I think, two years. So she's somewhere between 19 and 22. The Bertram sisters already start to fall for Henry, despite him being black and plain. And you caught up on the word black, didn't you? Hmm, yeah, that was not something that I expected to find in there at all. I assume that means that he has dark colouring, like probably dark hair. I very highly doubt it means that he has dark skin. Jane Austen would have actually pointed that bit out if he did. She does actually have a, uh, she refers to her as mulatto, so half black character in Sanditon so that bit isn't made up in the recent adaptation there is canonically a black character and maybe he had a black beard as well as his black hair I hadn't thought about that because we always see them being clean shaven but yeah he might have had a black beard he was the most agreeable young man the sisters had ever known and they were equally delighted with him and Julia is quite ready to be fallen in love with which is hilarious Mr. Crawford does not want them to die of love, but he allowed himself great latitude on this, which is quite funny considering what comes later. Mrs. Grant is very clear that he should like Julia best 
not Mariah. But then they have a conversation that quite clearly lays out that actually Miss Bertram, i.e. Mariah, is the best. She's the prettiest. She's the funniest. But Henry says, no, I'm going to like Julia best because you tell me to. And also I feel too because Mariah has already spoken for so he probably feels that he needs to be amazing to be able to take her away from her suitor already that she has. I don't know because he he says an engaged woman is always more agreeable than a disengaged and I wonder if it's the challenge that he likes Ah. to try and tempt her away. He's got a really clear assessment of the situation. He can see that Mariah does not love Mr. Rushworth even though he hasn't seen them together. But he's protesting to Mrs. Grant that he believes that Mariah is in love, despite this. It's a reverse psychology, maybe? Yes. Mm. How is he really thinking about her? Is he thinking about her as someone who, as you say, might be a challenge, and he might go for her instead of Julia, because she is more fun, and she doesn't really love her fiance anyway so why not try herself because Mm. she's the one who's as you say pretty and funny and yeah mrs grant turns to mary to discuss further and they have this talk about marriage mary says there is not one in a hundred of either sex who is not taken in when they marry which made me think of charlotte and pride and prejudice because she basically says it's better not to know the disadvantages of your partner before you marry them. You can find them out eventually. Mary goes on to say that marriage is a manoeuvring business. She's very clear about, it's a, it's not a game, it's, I don't know, you really have to scheme to get a good marriage. And it's all about getting the good marriage. And it's understanding the partner that you are looking for as well which can be really difficult because you don't know someone too well until you really live with them. And I think especially in their society, it may have been quite hard to know someone really well because there are so many rules about politeness. Mm. They're all very polite and dancing around each other. Yeah, it would be really hard to know. Unless they did have some time together, just two of them. Even Which so, would be so wrong, you cannot do but that. But you can't, no. But no. yeah, even so, they'd still be standing on ceremony. There's a quote from Mrs. Grant, which I have seen published a lot, um, and I didn't know it was Mrs. Grant that says it. If one scheme of happiness fails, human nature turns to another. If the first calculation is wrong, we make a second better. We find comfort somewhere. It's one of those often quoted Jane Austen said things. Henry decides to stay at Mansfield Park for a while. It says that Mansfield promised well, which I think means there are objects of seduction there. There are people for him to play with. Miss Crawford decides that she will marry Tom. He's good enough. You know, he's got a park. He's going to be a baronet one day. She thought that she should like the eldest best. She knew it was her way. And he and his situation might do... We don't actually see Fanny in this chapter, but she's talked about. Few young ladies of 18 could be less called on to speak their opinion than Fanny. Miss Crawford and the two Mr. Bertrams are talking about Fanny and whether she is out in society or not. Mary can't work it out because Fanny has gone to have dinner at the parsonage, but all of her behaviour seems like someone who's not out. 
considering Miss Crawford can't have been out very long herself, maybe a couple of years, it's interesting that she's bringing this up herself. It's new to her. It's a new way to be, to be accepted, because she hasn't been out long herself. And so the way she believes, the way she sees herself in that situation, she, I guess, looks at Fanny and to see if she is acting the same way as she feels she does herself, because it is new to her. So she's more aware of who is out and who isn't, I guess. It's interesting, though, because... Fanny and Miss Crawford are in very different situations as well, and Miss Crawford doesn't seem to be considering that. Miss Crawford has an independent fortune of £20,000. Fanny has no money and is dependent on her uncle. They're in very different situations, and Miss Crawford doesn't seem to grasp that. Seems to be a lot of the characters in this book don't seem to grasp where the other characters are how the other characters are situated at different times. They see themselves and that's the way they look at the world as to how the world treats them and how they should treat the world. But they don't actually consider others quite the same. As you feel they should, perhaps should at times. And Miss Crawford says that girls should be quiet and modest. Girls being girls who are not out. Which really clearly... That's defines Fanny. She is quiet and modest. Because. Mr. Crawford, Tom, tells a story about meeting a young lady and her not being out and being very shy. And he says, the governess being sick or run away, being the only reason she was in the room with him at the time. <laughs> but then when he meets her again, she is out and acts like she knows him and he can't remember her and is horribly embarrassed by the whole thing. It's a really weird way to treat a whole gender, but it also makes me think, I've seen a lot on social media recently, people saying, we tell children to do as we say, to behave a certain way, to follow rules, and then when they're 18, we're suddenly like, you're up, you need to look after yourself. What do you mean you don't know what you're doing? What do you mean you don't know how to make a decision? Yeah, different expectations. It seems like there's not a transition period for girls to learn to be ladies, maybe. Or maybe that's what finishing schools were for, but not everybody went to a finishing school. The text points out that Edmund is less courteous because Tom is saying lovely things about Miss Crawford um, implying that she has perfect manners and she's showing the world what they should be. And Edmund's like, yeah, but girls are not being brought up right. Completely ignoring that. That's quite funny. Tom tells a second story about running into the Snades and him giving attention to the younger Miss Snade who shouldn't have been out for six months. And Mary says she should have been with her governess. Where is the transition period? Where is the teaching them to be a lady, to be a woman, from coming a girl? Being with a governess when she's, what, 17? Yeah, probably. Mm. With the children, like actual children. Yeah, she does. She needs a transition period from being with a governess to being out. And that is our summary of Chapter 5 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. We are still doing our group read of Mansfield Park online till the 22nd of September. You can contact me if you'd like to join. 
at francisduncanwrites.com or on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!